Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. I'm Scott Jones, your host. You guys are about to listen to Kim Claremont again from TrainToHunt.com. It's a national event series. I don't say race series. It's not really race, but I guess it is a little bit. Um, anyway, we talked last time on the podcast just about getting into shooting bows. We didn't really talk even that much about the hunting, just about the the uh, competition side of things. So um, I'm getting – my buddy got me a bow. I've been shooting a little bit. I've never hunted really a day in my life. I guess I went with my grandpa one time. and uh, But I want to do this challenge. It's it's outside my comfort zone. I know it's going to be – I know I'm going to be nervous. I know I have the potential to make complete ass of myself. So that's kind of exciting. So I'm going to I'm gonna do that. So I'm kind of, kind of picking his brain on, on um, a couple of events they've had and things that I should think about before I go out there. Um, my fitness is picking up right now and I'm going to go shoot. I'll probably be able to shoot six or seven times before, before the competition. So we'll see. I've shot twice to date. Uh, as you knew, know, or maybe you don't, um, athlete on fire started back in 2014. It's crazy. Um, in the last year I, I kind of, I let it go. I stepped back a little bit. I wanted to decide what I wanted it to be and I'm back at it full force finding amazing guests. Um, I want, I want to make it more, more personal. Uh, I've told you guys it's going to be part of the legacy that I leave my boys as far as being able to go listen to me interact with people throughout my life. Um, it's something I didn't have a lot after my dad passed and I did have some audio and it was just such a powerful thing. So little guys, Wyatt's my seven. Almost, oh, actually he's my eight year old. Holy crap. He just turned eight this week. And Wes is my five year old. They're awesome little boys. Wyatt, happy birthday. We had a good time with you at the little Italian place that you picked out for lunch, and hopefully you like your new little mountain bike. So um, I know you had fun picking it out, even though they didn't have your size right away, but we got a we got a cool bike for you. I think you're going to really like it. Um, got lots of adventures with my boys this summer. We'll talk about that. Uh, I am going to record a solo show here today, so you guys can go listen to that on the main on the main deal, but for the next 45 minutes to 50 minutes, it's going to be me and Kenton Claremont from Train to Hunt. I learned a lot. I'm learning a lot. Uh, I love the idea of diving into something that that makes you a little nervous and a little scared. So this is one of those things. So uh, enjoy the show, guys. We just dive right in. Appreciate it. Pretty sweet. Cool, man. So yeah, we'll just catch up. We'll just we'll get right into it. Um, yeah. Okay. Usually when you call, Skype's on. It's recording already. So uh, I'll update you a little bit. I know you guys had. Did you guys have one in California recently? One of the train to hunt. Yep. Okay. Yep. We just did a. We just last weekend we did a, a train to hunt in uh, El Dorado Hills, California. And, uh, man, it was awesome. I, we lucked out because it rained all night on Friday night. And then, uh, Saturday morning it was raining and during registration, everybody was kind of huddled under, undercover. And then, uh, about eight thirty it broke. And so when we were doing our competition, there wasn't any rain. It was a little bit moist out and, uh, there was definitely some mud on the ground, but as far as like being rained on during the whole competition, um, we, we dodged that and, yeah, people got muddy, but you know, people that really don't mind getting muddy, especially this crowd. You know, they know that they know that they're going to be outside. They know that there's a chance that they're going to be uh, get dirty in the end. You know, when it comes down to it, and uh, everybody, you never see such a crowd that was covered with mud with big old uh, smiles on their face. That's so. Where where's El Dorado? It's just outside Sacramento. Is that right? Yeah, just outside Sacramento. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's that's about that's a pretty uh, area. Sacramento area is anyway. Yeah, it's you know it's 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 a really it's a really cool community. It's uh, stuck between. It's just north of San Francisco, just south of Sacramento. It's it's uh, 
a really pretty area and apparently we hit it just right because the whole uh bow club area um you know all the the whole area we were competing in was just green and blooming and i said man this is beautiful you know all green like this and they said uh yeah it only stays like this for a little while because once the once it heats up, it all turns brown. They're like, yeah, all summer we shoot in on that. Everything's just completely brown. So, yeah, you hit it. You hit oh it perfect. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've been – so we're – oh, Folsom, which isn't too far away from there. Near – it's yeah, just no. due east of uh, Sacramento. There's a big race there. Um, well, there's a couple of big races there. But for the Becoming Ultra project that we do, we featured the American River 50. And it's just gorgeous. I mean, one of the easiest uh, 50Ks you could ever organize because there's there were – there's car access every five or six miles on this trail system, which is really, really kind of nice. But yeah, just oh, yeah. really lush and water everywhere. And um, I don't know if it stays green or not, but it was awesome when we were there. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Yeah, it's one of those. I think California is one of those states that uh, is much like New York, where people think of California, think of L.A. and San Francisco and San Diego and the big cities. They don't think about um, you know the the agriculture that happens you know in north north. California and you know like New York most people think of New York City, City and, yeah. and they don't think of you know upstate where it's beautiful it's just oh, yeah. you know it's country and there's hunting and um you know so yeah it was it was good to get down there and meet those folks and um was that your first time there it was it was the first time that I had actually I've driven through there a few times but it was the first time that I'd ever um, stopped and spent any time at all to, in that area and uh, you know the people there are just great they're just down to earth you know, hardworking people and, and, um, they, they love the event and, uh, you know, where, anywhere you go that run an event, you're going to meet the same types of people. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, that really, if you took just kind of plucked, say 10 people from 10 different races and, and had a conversation with them, it would be uh, tough to really, um, be able to categorize oh this person must be from the midwest or the east coast yeah. or the or the west coast because everybody you know everybody seemingly has the same idea about what it takes to uh you know get ready for hunting season and 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 shooting their bow and that kind of thing so no, it's cool no it's such a pet peeve of mine because i've i've put on races all over the country too and it's like I don't have to name states, but we all know places that people are from in, in the in the states that they, there's just like this crazy pride for their state and the boundaries that they live in. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the joke and the joke is like you you know you step across the state line and you're not cool anymore. But you step right. back and it's the best place ever. Nope, over here this place sucks. You step over the line again. This is the most amazing place ever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty it's just, funny. You know, my family's all from West Virginia, kind of similar to that. But really, when it comes down to it, I mean. Your ideals and kind of lifestyle dictate the kind of person you are, not really exactly what boundaries you live within, which is which is pretty cool. Because you get, I think, in, especially in your world, in the hunting world, you would get a lot of stereotypes on people from LA not shooting or hunting, and you know, because it's right. a big city, and maybe people out in the country all of them hunt or shoot. You know, what I mean, I just think there's just so many stereotypes that go in that world. There is. There's a ton of exactly, and there's and those are the things we're trying to overcome with uh, with events like this and that's just that uh you know we no matter where we're from where we're from there's things that we have in common and we really need to focus on those things and not not what we don't have in common because i think too often in uh, this day and age and it's probably not just this day and age but um just like anything it's probably just more up you know on the forefront 
this day and age because of uh, social media and this the different act you know access points you have to having people's opinions but um is that we like to focus on the things that we that that um you know we're different the, the differences we have and i think that the you know program like train to hunt or an event like train to hunt or any extreme event for that matter tends to uh tends to really just bring out what we all have in common regardless of where we're from or you know uh, our backgrounds at all so it's it's yeah. a it's it's fun to see and fun to be part of well i can give you some feedback i, I think um gamifying something that's fairly intimidating for people you know and i we kind of talked about this in the last one. I'm not, I, I'm not really one to get intimidated in, in hardly any situation, just because I have a pretty open mind and I've done enough stuff and traveled enough around the world to feel comfortable in those situations. But even at that, I can see the intimidation just to get into shooting, whether it's a bow or a gun, whatever it might be, or in the hunting, mm-hmm. like going straight from cold turkey right into hunting uh, with a bow. That that mm-hmm. would be very intimidating. Um, mm-hmm. I even had one of the steps taken out for me because my buddy found a bow for me, so I didn't have to go shop and figure it out. Like he just dropped it off on my doorstep one day, so I kind of got lucky in that in that respect. But I, had, I did have to go get it set up last uh, week and a half ago. How'd that go? And uh, it was good, man. The guy was awesome. I did walk in there and feel uh, there just so much going on. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in other people's shoes. Like it didn't, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, but. Definitely a lot going on, and it took you know it took him about three or four minutes because he's helping other people get set up, and it might have been a busy time of day. And of course, I have my two boys with me; they're five and seven, and right after school, so they're freaking hyper, just wanting to move around. <laughs> yeah, you know, so so they're like beating the hell out of each other on the side, and I'm yeah. I'm trying not to raise my voice too much at him. And uh, so then he gets me set up, and I'm I said, "Okay, man, I'm going to ask you a million questions. These are probably some of them are going to be dumb, and some of them might not be. But he he got me set up on my um." on the length and all that good stuff and then just had me find a release so I just got an open hook uh, release and uh, had me pull back a couple yeah. times on it uh, draw length 29 three quarters what oh, is it nice. I think it's, a, it's only a 60 pound uh, bow plenty plenty okay yep and, plenty. Uh, so I got that part set up and then what else did he do oh yeah he had to cut some arrows for me so he cut uh, I think I, th- I just got four to start with. I, did, I had no idea what I should get. Um, yep. So I got four arrows, and then I was out the door, man. I was pretty pretty good to go. I asked him some, some like, just goofy questions. I didn't know how to put it back in the box because I didn't watch the first time. <laughs> so I was right, asking right, just, right, stu- right. just stupid stuff, right? Um, but, yeah, I got out of there. I felt pretty good, and then um, ended up going to shoot on Sunday with my buddy. We have a really nice range out here um, from 10 all the way to 80 for this for this targets the 2d and, yep. then, and then we have a we have a 3d course out here that's 28 28 targets on the okay. trail system so it's pretty it's pretty big man it's pretty cool so we went out there yeah. and shot for about i don't know probably shot 20 arrows on the 20 30 and 40 yard and then went out and shot some of the 3ds but a couple things definitely was a little my bicep was a little sore on my front arm the next day Oh really? I was surprised about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that that's uh, that's definitely new to me. I, usually, it's a like a shoulder or like back, a tricep. Right? I know, yeah, or your back. But yeah. but the the your bow arm bicep was sore. My front arm, so my left arm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Huh. So that's up. interesting. Just something that uh, you you know, just not used to holding your bow out there. Yeah. Um. 
So I had a couple questions because it's pretty easy to get close to target the first at least 20, 30, and 40, I thought. How, yeah. how accurate yeah, when, people, when people get out there, like how accurate do you want them to – do they need to be for training to hunt? Like what's what's important? I'm, I'm all leading up to a couple questions that I have about yeah. some things that actually happen to good good uh, shooters. So when we're getting yeah. started on, this, on the target part of the – of the competition, how accurate does everybody have to be? You know, really, you're always obviously the more accurate the better. But I would say, like minimal, minimal, you want to be able to hit the target. You know, just because we shoot all 3D targets, they're fairly big. They're fairly big 3D targets. Most of the, especially the challenge course, uh, mountain course targets, those six targets that you're going to be shooting uh, during the challenge course portion. Those are the ones you really want to make sure that you're hitting. They're, I mean, they're they're fairly big. They're Reinhardt targets, um, you know, so they're fairly big deer targets. And the, the mountain course targets usually like antelope or elk or deer. Um, so there's there's quite a bit of room for error. But I would say at minimum you want to be able to at least hit the target because it's going to save you a lot of um, extra burpees because every time you miss a target, miss completely, you have to do 20 burpees. And that can, that can really be, uh, you know, just not make the competition much fun if you have to do <laughs> – uh, 120 burpees you know if you're out there just flinging arrows and having to not you know put your face in the dirt 20 times every time you step up to a target so definitely want to be able to hit the target even if you have to sit if you, even if you have to you know aim center mass but i would recommend just man just just aim small miss small and know that um during the competition you're going to you're basically going to defer back to your any bad habits you have. So when you're first starting off, Scott, just really focus on, I wouldn't even worry about trying to get out and shoot at distance, like 30, 40. I would just stick with like 10 and 20 and just try to be real consistent about your draw anchor and release. Um, because if you can get that far with a compound bow these days, it's, it's kind of like shooting a rifle, right? Like if, um, if you can, if you can, if you got a good, trigger pull if you can level it off on a, on a target at 100 yards and have good trigger pull and be smooth and hit you know hit a bullseye at 100 yards it's it's just repeating that process even gotcha. if you know even if you're going out to a thousand yards so the bow the bow's the same way i would just man i if you know my advice to you would be stay stay close and work on work on the process of shooting the bow and stop don't worry too much about the results the results will take care of themselves okay that's good stuff. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I was talking to Charlie, my buddy out here, and uh, he said one – I think he had a friend doing one of the training hunts, and he, he said something about target panic, and I'd never heard that mm-hmm. term before. So what what's that all about? So basically target panic is, uh, is something that's kind of built into us as, you know, as, as humans, and that's what we're doing is we're anticipating um, – lack of a better term, we're anticipating an explosion, right? So when – we when we know we have tension in our hands you pull the bow back and we feel the tension in our hands you know it's undeniable that there's there's a certain amount of energy that we're you know by pulling back we're creating this energy and this energy is locked in the bow and and we're releasing this energy with with our trigger with our with pulling this trigger and um our minds want to real we want to control we want to control when this explosion is going to happen and so what happens is is we 
um, as our pins get close to the target, we want to get that energy out of our hands and, and make it happen. We don't want to be surprised. We want to just get it out of our hands and get that energy out of our hands. And so what happens is, is you just end up, as soon as your pin gets close and you start thinking about, okay, it's time to shoot, also known as get the energy, you know, get the energy out of this bow. Um, you just end up just pulling the trigger, just jerking the trigger and just getting it out of your hands. Cause you, there's a certain amount of anxiety that comes along with an anticipation of this, uh, explosion as minor as it might be. Right. Um, so it's, it's just kind of a, a it's a kind of a built in safety mechanism we have into our subconscious to want to control, um, those things. And it's really, like I said, a safety mechanism that you have to just overcome and it just comes with repetition and, um, and, being able to feel um, comfortable with being surprised by that um, release of energy out of your hands. Um, it, 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 it just take, it takes time and it also just takes, uh, you know, the realizing that that's exactly what's happening. You know, when you draw back the anchor and <clears throat> as your pin gets close to that, close to that target, you start feeling some anxiety realize that that's normal right. and that uh is that a beginner thing overcome. more than anything you think or no no it happens on and off to anybody um i've had it myself um yeah. and it's and the way i've broke i've broke it is that uh i went to a um a back tension release which doesn't have a trigger um you just basically you pull on it you pull until it just breaks so uh, until it just releases, um, that's why the back tension releases um, a fairly. Uh, it's a, it's becoming more and more um, uh, popular in in the shooting game because you get a, a fairly a more consistent um, release, and it takes the trigger out of the game, which is I think well, it's part of what we call trigger panic, you know, or target panic, yeah. and and that people feel like they have control with this trigger, you know, they, they control it with the trigger, with the trigger. And you go to a back tension releases, which is basically just a, a release that you hang on to. And, and instead of pulling a trigger, you just pull harder on this release, just keep pulling. And, you know, depending on how, where you set it, you know, once you apply, you know, a pound or a force, um, it just automatically releases. And that's what, what uh, releases the the energy out of the bow or releases the string so oh, wow. it's it can be a new uh it's fairly common to to new shooters just like uh any you know just like shooting a gun um most new shooters when they shoot a gun tend to um jerk the trigger or pull the trigger really fast just because they don't want to start squeezing and that anticipation usually builds up and they just like oh the heck with it and they pull it right you know um, same thing happens with the bow. You just get, you start pulling on that trigger and you get in, you anxiety and you just pull it. There's, I'm just going to pull it. Um, so, um, other ways to overcome that would be to, uh, get super close to a bail, like, you know, get, get close enough that you can't miss. Um, right. and what you do is you, um, you draw your bow back, you anchor, and then you close your eyes and then you just, you just feel that trigger pull and you just keep pulling keep pulling and boom, it just surprises you and goes off and you realize that um okay 
you know, it's okay to be surprised by this. Nothing bad's going to happen. And, you know, there's no harm and, you know, there isn't any, you know, risk of harm or anything like that. So yeah. it's, it's fairly, it's fairly common, uh, uh, but it, it's easily overcome if you, um, if you, uh, take the right steps. I, I, I'm a big believer in back, back tension. And then the other thing that I, I tell people if they get a uh, big target panic is, I tell them to start, start close, shoot with your eyes closed and just feel that release, feel that release, feel that release. And then the next thing that uh, I'll have them do is I'll take, take the sight off their bow because, um, usually that, that target panic or that trigger panic is, uh, related to, um, your pen. And when your pen gets close to where you, you want it to hit, that's when that anxiety builds. So just take the, take the release or the sight off your bow and then just start shooting you know, just really close, just with both eyes open and just look at where you want it to hit and then start your pull and, and, uh, you'll get a usually good, good clean break and then graduate back to putting your sight back on your bow and, uh, you know, and shoot a few times. And what will happen pretty common is you'll put your sight back on your bow and you'll shoot, you know, who knows a dozen, 50, a hundred arrows. And then suddenly out of nowhere, it'll, it'll, it comes back and you're like, man, is back again. Like now I'm starting to feel this big anxiety when my pen starts floating around where I want it to hit. And, uh, you just have to have the discipline to start, you know, just start over, take the side off your bow, move up, you know, just keep breaking, breaking that habit or breaking that, yeah. uh, that instinct and overcoming it. So that's interesting. Yeah. I see, uh, I, I could definitely see that happening with, in the field for sure for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll just have to see. Definitely. Yeah. Happen. Yeah, it happens, man. Uh, yeah. Quick story. I won't use names, but the guy that I know uh, very well who has been hunting and very successful, he guides, he's done really well in numerous trained hunts. Um, this this last weekend in California, he walks up to me after the 3D shoot and says, man, Kenton, um, I cannot believe uh, I, how bad my target panic was today. He's like, I haven't shot this bad for years and years and years and he said i don't know what triggered it but um i just couldn't get it together i i just had you know this huge anxiety of maybe it was the pressure of wanting to do well but he said but yeah he shot he shot worse than i've ever seen him shoot so he was kind of going back to the drawing board before he was going uh you know going out to do some more uh some more guidance so it happens that it happens to really you know really great shooters i think that uh really just to have the tools to be able to to overcome that and and you know a guy like this will he'll just he'll take a few steps and he'll get over it quickly you know new shooters it might take him a little bit longer but um not not that uncommon and especially in a competitive situation you know any kind of outside stress or or perceived stress um is going to um is going to trigger that and that's why i i think it's so valuable to to try to put yourself in stressful situations before right. the situation is I have a live animal in front of me and I need to make a good shot. Yeah. You know, I need to make an ethical kill. I need to make, you know, I need to put this arrow right where it belongs so that this animal doesn't suffer. And, uh, that's why I think it's so valuable to do like a train hunt challenge. Cause if you have tendencies to revert back to, you know, target panic or the worst version of you, you want to find out what that is and how to overcome that before you get into the field and, and start shooting animals. Yeah. No, it's pretty crazy. I, I just told my wife the other day, I was like, you know, I shot a handful of times in the last week. I was like, there, 
I can definitely see a how just shooting alone can be pretty addicting because it's you know I'm I'm an athlete so I like doing that stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, fun. just trying to get the mastery. It, it's, it feels a lot to me like golf. You know, like just the, mm-hmm. it feels, it was golf, baseball, like really fine tuned skill that you have to figure out. Mm-hmm. Which I like that part. But then <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's no way I'm hunting until I can be a hundred percent accurate because there's I would not want to risk injuring something and and not making a good, a good clean kill out there because it's on you, man. Like. Yep. You, you know your skill set before you go out there, so assuming that you can make a shot that you haven't practiced, I think that would be crazy to even try, to be honest with you. Um, and super unethical. Yeah, well, that's one. Yeah, I think that just the feeling of what it would feel like just to guess if you can, yeah. So I, I definitely, um, just after shooting for a few times, could, def, could, could see that. And I, I love the fact that you're putting people at stress in a competitive way to really show them what it, it, it might feel like, especially for people like me that needed something, a reason to kind of get into it. Like, um, like kind of gamifying it is going to be a fun way to get into this whole world for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I there's plenty of people that get out here and they, they compete, train, hunt, and they never hunt. They just, they, they either just don't have interest in, in the hunting or the time or, or maybe the feel like they have the resources to become a hunter. But, um, there's uh there's plenty of people who who just come out and they shoot and compete and, and that's kind of their world they just like to compete so yeah. it's uh it's there's all kinds of of, of people and I, and I want to I want to just comment real quick on what you said earlier it's so true that golf and baseball and shooting are so similar because if you shoot just like baseball if you have a good if you have a good swing and you just drive a ball in the you know you're in the cage and you just drive the ball you don't you don't want to step out you want to see if you can duplicate it yeah exactly. and but if you hit if you if you hit one and it's you know you hit hit one that you hook it or you end up you pound it into the ground or something you want to try and end on a good note but yeah. <laughs> but you never end on a good note because you always want to try and repeat it like it's the vortex of uh of uh of of shooting and and baseball and golf is like once you, you, you once you find your your rhythm you want to stay in it um you want to see how long you can stay in it, but if you throw an arrow or you hook a ball or whatever, you want to you want to you want to come back and 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 end on a good note. So it's like you can just stand there and shoot or swing all day yeah. long. So and that's it's, my personality. Uh, so it's kind of yep, dangerous. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's good. To, that's why it's good to put like a a limit on uh, on how many you're going to take. And it's also a really it's a corner. It's a it, you know you turn a corner, Scott, when you stop worrying about the results in all those sports, in, right. in golf and in baseball, you know, hitting a baseball and in shooting is that you 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 think about the process because all, all these things are just – they're so – like it takes one little tiny thing to make the outcome undesirable. And so you just have to, you know – you just have to uh, work on the process and and try to become a master of feeling the mistakes you're making yeah. and being able to identify them because there's nothing more frustrating than you know getting out there shooting and you know you have two in the bullseye and one's six inches up and to the left and yeah. you have no idea why you're like uh, they all felt exactly the same you know yeah. so no, I can it's see uh, that. yeah it's 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 very similar to, to those. Uh, you know, swinging sports as well. So, yeah, yeah, like the the good shot, the good stroke on the golf course, good swing, like that keeps you coming back. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It only takes one, right? Like oh, you can just shank, 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 and then all of a sudden, 
you know, on the, on the 18th hole, you just, you know, you chip, you know, you, you, you know, you're up and down in, in three and you're like, wow, that's going to keep me coming back for, you know, the next round. So, well, you know, I did la- the first time I went with a buddy just so you could show me some stuff out at the range. And then the second time I brought my boys after school, got them some food, there's picnic tables behind the range. So had them eating. And then I took them on the, uh, the 3d course. And that's a blast because around every corner, they got to see what the next animal was. And they just yeah, they yeah. freaking love that, man. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and it gave me a reason. It, it, made, it, made, it made me leave <laughs> at a certain time because I, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I would stay out there for five hours. I already know I'd stay out there for five yeah. hours. So yeah. that was the other thing if I want to stay married. I yeah, <laughs> timely. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. So, let's, before we wrap up, I guess, um, uh, oh, the fitness part. So, when you were out there in California last week, what yep. were some things you're noticing about people's fitness overall? Is it better than it's been in the past? Is it worse? What things were giving people a hard time? What things were people kind of figuring out pretty early on? Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I would say that just in general, um, people are loving the new sandbags because they have the handles. So they were. Uh, I found that uh, you know compared to the past, people are having a uh, an easier time um, lifting the sandbags. Um, and, and manipulating the sandbags during the exercises. Um, there was some of the, uh, there were some of the, some of them had a tough time with the ground to over the, over the head, you know, because they could get it up and hold it, but to lift the, lift the sandbag from the ground, from the ground and, um, over their head, you could just tell that they hadn't really been coached up on the technique on how to do that. You know, basically keeping a strong back and using, using power and explosion you know, like a snatch. I, I don't know if I saw that one yet. Yeah, it's kind of like a, yeah, it's very very similar to a snatch. You know, you just want to, you know, keep your back, keep your, you know, keep a strong, you know, upper back and 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 bend your knees and you know deadlift it to a certain point and then explode up and just chuck the the bag over your head. You can just tell people, you know, as they once they got to that point that uh, you could tell the people who had um, had basically done any kind of lifting or deadlifting or or uh cleaning in their life done you know any kind of olympic lifting compared to the people who were just powering through it and luckily the bags aren't they're not uh heavy enough that anybody is you know hurt because um you know 50 pounds isn't going to hurt a 200 pound you know grown man you know to to throw over the head 10 times but um uh the you know the boxes were kind of tricky for for some of the the shorter competitors um 20 inches is not good man yeah 20 inches is a pretty good step for some of the shorter competitors if you know anybody who is under you know five four i think was having a tough time at points to of just stepping up on the box and and getting over that many times because there is quite a few times that you have to go over over the box um as far as like um you know people's overall condition i thought that california there was you know we it was was really uh was really, really well represented as far as like being able to put a pack on and move through the, the hills down there um, with the, some efficiency, especially in the slick mud. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that anybody who's training for these competitions, I would just, you know, make sure that you're efficient in, in the movements. Um, you can find the movements online. Uh, it's, it's basically getting over the box, I think, is probably one of the key components to that. If you do, you know, if you do, if you're really efficient at getting over the box, you know, two feet on top of the box, two feet on the other side of the box, 
manipulating the bag doesn't seem to be um, much of a problem for most people. You know, as yeah. far as getting the, the the bag from the ground to a uh, to their shoulders and getting over the box, um, they just have to hang on to the bag. And then uh, the 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 uh, get ups, the uh, sandbag get ups. People are having a little bit of time, you know, kind of trying to wrestle wrestle that longer bag. Um, but those bags, um, are you guys using the brute force ones? We are using the brute force bags. Those are nice, and they're really nice. The, the difference between you know the the difference between um, having like a you know like if you were doing a get up with a say a, a thirty pound medicine ball where it's just nice and compact and you just kind of hold it with one hand and or hold it with both hands and and uh, it's a little easier to manipulate. It's not as soft. It's it's more. It's not like dead weight like uh, these sandbags tend to feel a bit more dead weight because they're pliable and they bend. Um, I would tell people just, hey, you know, hold that, hold that weight as close to your belly button as you can to the center, your center mass, and it's going to be easier to move down and up um, um, off the ground. Whereas if you're holding it on your shoulder, if you're putting you know that 50 pounds on your shoulder, you're really just uh, creating more um, more weight for you to have to sit up off the ground. That's why I was advising most people to put the weight like around their belly button area for the get yeah, for the get-ups. Okay. Yep. So you want to make sure that that uh, the weight, the the majority of the weight you want at center mass, like around your waistline, um, because yeah, because you want to hold that weight. You have you have to have the weight in contact with your body the whole time. Okay. But um, and it has to be above the waist. So, um, you know, it just makes sense. You know, like uh, that's. You just, you, know, kind of, you just kind of hug it to your belly button and put one hand down like a get up. That's right. I, I just I, I take my left hand and I hold. And actually, what I do is I take uh, I throw the bag over my shoulder, over my left shoulder, and I let the the majority of the weight of the sand come come down, and I hold the majority of the sand like right about my right at my waist. But I but there's a little bit of sand that stays on the back side of my shoulder. Okay. That, and all that does is just control the bag, right? So it's not flopping all over the place. Okay. Um, and I'll just, you know, rock down and kick my feet up and then kick my feet down and sit up and push my hand up, stand up, get over the box. Do you have a and, video of that? Um, there is a video. Yeah. Um, I'll have to uh, – if you look at – Is it YouTube gosh. or – Yeah, it's YouTube. Train Hunt, if you go to Train Hunt YouTube and, and uh, go to the challenges, yeah. Uh, you'll find you'll find a couple examples. There's one if you go to the Train Hunt uh, 19 um, demonstrations or details, you'll see a uh, you'll see a female a girl a lady in there, one of my friends and from uh, from my hometown who's demonstrating. But she's demonstrating with a with a with the old bag, and she's super flexible. She just holds it she just holds it right against her stomach and just sits back, sits up, and then she's she has the mobility to just stand up. She doesn't have to use a hand at all. Um, but you may have to fish around in there and to find the, uh, find the other sandbag, get up example. And if, if, if there isn't one, I'm sure there is one somewhere, but if there isn't one, I'll, uh, I'll make one. Sweet. Oh, I only have to use a 40 pound pack on the pack weight. Look at that. Yes. Yes. Cause you're old. That's lame. I want to compete with the 20 year olds. Do it. Of- hey, Hey, no one says you have to compete with your age group. Compete with it. Compete in the open. The only difference between the open and the masters is that, that 10 the, pounds? the he has that ten pounds in your pack. Everything else is exactly the same. Screw that. I, I can't stand age groups. It drives me freaking insane. Okay, you guys are- it, for running. I mean, this makes a little more sense. I mean, really, it does. But yeah, but yeah. for like running stuff, like mm, people are going to hear this, especially since I coach so many runners. But go out and 
compete against your former self. Like that's fine. But yep. really, every race has one winner, and that's just going to be my take yep. until I'm, until I die. So, and, you know what? I, I I can't I can't say I don't I can't say I'm not with you there, Scott. It's like that's the way it is. Like you know, that's the way it is. We yeah. all get older. We all get slower. That's just the way it is. And you know what? The uh, you know pass the torch. You know the lion's pride it takes over. You know some the young guy comes up and takes over, and you got to be uh, willing to put your pride aside and say, you know what? Yeah, he's he won this time. That's you yeah. know that my my time of winning is my time of of uh, winning is over. You know, I, yeah, I'll go with my age group, but yeah. yeah. Plus I'm not, I'm not winning trained out when I shot like five times before I get there. So <laughs> there, uh, there's not any delusion. I, I work out with Charlie a lot and I know, yeah. I know where I am on the pecking order of us. So, um, yeah. I can just throw that out there. Okay. I'm going to tell you a couple of workouts <laughs> we've done. And then by the time I'm done describing a few of these, I want you to, um, give another one for the listeners. Cause these are, these are kind of fun. People like that stuff. Okay, you got it. So, did I tell you the one that me and Charlie did right after we did our last uh, podcast? No, huh? All right, so we did a hybrid of the one that you told me on the show. Yep. And uh, it took me fifty-five minutes to do three rounds, and I had to get going. And then it took him an hour and fifteen or an hour and ten to do four rounds. So what we did is we got some air assault bikes out. Okay. And we got uh, the twenty-inch box out. And we had a 50 and a 60 pound bag, and we just took turns because we—that's all we had. We didn't have two 60 pounders, <laughs> so we did um, 20 calories on the bike, and then we did 20 step overs like you guys do in your competition. Two feet on yep. the box, just on a shoulder, or whatever. 20 yep. step overs, then we did 20 calories on the bike, and we did 20 shouldering. So touch the ground and then shoulder it, and then step over. Okay, and then we that's did, awesome. And then we did uh, 20 calories on the bike, and then we did 20 um, box facing burpees and over the box okay and then 20 calories on the bike and then we did 20 get-ups do a get-up go over the box get up go over the box times 20 and then 20 calories on the bike and that was round one so that took 55 minutes it was brutal that is brutal (laughs) that's brutal it was it was very brutal um he's his he's just his upper body is way stronger than mine he's just jacked up top but so he was throwing that bag around a little easier but the cardio, I, I I didn't feel like the cardio was limiting, which made me happy. So if, it definitely felt like the legs were limiting um, on that. So for people listening, 20 inches for step-ups, like traditional workout stuff, is not bad. But when you have to get both feet up on the box, that is the game changer. Because it's, it's so, I'm, I'm 6'2", so it's easy to step up and over. But when you have to put both feet up there, it's pain in the freaking ass. So, it, yeah, it's, it's, it is tough. You have, it makes you slow down a little bit, and you have to just – yeah, you have to just make sure you get both feet up on there, and you don't have to stand all the way up. But no. just getting both feet on the box yeah. is ch- definitely challenging. Well, it's self-preservation for sure because um, if you get sloppy with fifty, sixty pounds on your on your back, you can break your ankle in half if you're not paying attention. So um, there is there's an incentive to to focusing when you get late in the round. So yeah. we, did, we did that one, and then we did um, and this is just to because I know you guys do a lot of you do a lot of running stuff in between your your sets during the competition. So we did, uh, we had these big steps that are about, they're about 20 inches there, about, but there's about eight of them. And it looks like an amphitheater next to this track at this middle school. Oh, sweet. So what we did is one person ran a quarter mile as fast as they could. And the other person had to do, go up the big steps times three with the 60 pound bag. And then there's little okay. steps. There was two per the, the big ones. You had to go up that three times up and down. And then you had to do lateral burpees up the big steps until the person got back. So you could usually get like four burpees in. So we did that for, I think, um, four or five sets. And then we just did okay. some sprints and stuff. 
So that was number two. And then the last one, this is, and I saw some of your, I saw some people that are doing train to hunt out here yesterday because the, uh, the dude had the wilderness athlete hat on and the big old sandbag and stuff. And we have a place called the mini incline and it's 200 steps straight up a mountain. And then you have the option to come back down those 200 steps or you can do a half mile down the trail. And uh, so what we did is we got our 50 pound rucks on, hiked up the 200, back down, put the rucks down, hiked up the 200 and ran down the half mile and we just alternated for 10 total laps so five each and uh there's about four miles and over 2,000 gain by the time it was over but i am sore from that but the that's cool- <laughs> I, bet. The I bet the coolest thing though and the coolest thing of the day is that we met a guy out there that was 79 years old and he went up and down that thing 10 times and uh that's why it was one of my questions for you what's who's the oldest person that you've had to train to hunt um, 60, I think 67 was the, is the, the, the oldest person that's ever done it. That was, uh, that was just a couple of years ago. And in fact, in California, we had one that was 60, one, a 61 year old and a 62 year old. Nice. I love so that. it's, yeah, it, <clears throat> it's not that uncommon No, to have a 60 plus year old. Yeah. They go out there and get her done. It's pretty awesome. No, I think for people listening, like the thing that you don't pay attention to are, are the things that make you really sore. It's usually your eccentric stuff for, for athletes. Yep. So you're, the stepping up hurts in the moment, but the thing that fatigues you is the lowering yourself down with your with your lower calves. Yep. So be sure yep. to be sure to do the downhill stuff. If you're just sitting on, getting on a stairmaster and trying to train for this kind of event, you're gonna you're gonna peter out at some point. I can definitely um, give you that advice. But do, yeah, do you yes. have any other things that kind of supplement the, the type of the type of stuff we've been doing yeah so one of the things that i just want to i mean your listeners are probably all in very really good shape and they probably are used to hearing about workouts or doing workouts that you're talking about um <clears throat> excuse me um but i just want to you know the workouts that <clears throat> the work the thing i would probably warn not warn but like uh advise um people on when they're going out to do these workouts is that is that uh, we have a tendency to hear workouts and then just be like, okay, I'm going to do that workout. And then the next day you, you read it or hear about another workout. This is another like butt kicking workout. You do that workout and that in your, you're sore already. And then the third day you wake up and you're like, oh man, I'm going to do this workout now. You do that workout and pretty soon, you, you know, you're, you're really actually bumping up against danger of putting yourself in, you know, yeah. injury because you're just, you know, if you're just always push, 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 push. And I think we talked about a little bit earlier, but yeah, we did. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I, I say that like, if you're, you're looking for a good workout to do, um, in preparation for like a train to hunt challenge, um, shoot, man, I, you know, like one of the things that I like to do is put on a pack so in preparation for the mountain course, like, you know, the mountain course is going to be somewhere around, you know, one and a half, two miles. So put a, <clears throat> put a pack on, um, that is going to be the same, the same weight that you're anticipating being able to, uh, you're, you're going to have to run with during the event. And then I would, um, just, you know, map out a two mile course and w- w- here's, here's what I would do. I would do like, go as hard, go as hard as you can for like, say two minutes or like one minute, one to two minutes, but you know, go hard. And then, you know, every minute or every two minutes, 
um, perform some sort of an exercise, whether it be, you know, lunges or, or, or push-ups or take your pack off and do like five get-ups right there in the trail, put your pack back on and then take off. And, um, then when you get done with your two mile run, um, the workout's over. So you can either, you can either run, you know, run for a minute, stop your watch, do your, do your exercises, start your watch, run for a minute, stop your watch, do your, uh, do your exercises, um, and then continue in that, in that format until your two miles is up or probably even better than that. Uh, you're probably figuring on running maybe, you know, gosh, if you're, if you're smoking it, maybe, you know, 10 minute miles. Um, and so maybe every five minutes and just use a, a running clock. So, the first thing you do is out of the gate. So just put your pack on three, two, one, start your watch, take off. And, um, you're going to go hard for, you know, five minutes. Okay. And, uh, and as soon as the five minute beeps, say you pull your pack off and you're going to do 10 get ups using your pack and the, and put your pack on and keep going. And, and then as soon as your watch says 10 minutes, you're going to do say 10 burpees with your pack on and then get up and, and take off. And as soon as it says 15 minutes, you're going to do, you know, probably in my opinion, the hardest two are the get-ups and the burpees. Yeah. So just alternate those things. How's that sound like, Scott? And that sounds like a good workout right there, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Alternate, alternate. So running for five minutes and alternate ten get-ups using your pack and ten burpees with your pack on, and just do that until your two miles is complete and uh, and see how long it takes you. It's that's that's really that's a really good workout, a really um, transferable workout to the train hunt challenge. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's what I, that's, I think that would really prepare you for the, uh, for the mountain course, the, the demands of the mountain course. Now that doesn't include the shooting, but there's, there's a good workout for your listeners. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think even just to preface with the workouts that I just described, those were, those were like the big workout of every week for the last three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going out and kill, we talked about that on the last show. I'm not going out and kill myself every single day. I mean, I probably work out hard three times a week and then everything else is more aerobic or mobility based stuff, you know? Yep. Yep. And it's important. Um, it's important to do. And I think that, uh, I just did a whole, I just did a whole podcast yesterday on, um, you know, maximizing your training sessions. And, and the, a huge part of that is if you want, if you want to, if you want to train more, because really the idea behind uh, training is you want to train often. And in order to do that, you can't train, you know, you have to sacrifice some intensity um, in order to be able to train more often, get more burpees in, get more over the boxes in, get more arrows in, get more miles in. Um, You know, you just, you can't do it. You can't do it at full intensity if you want to do it every day. So that's it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, And I think the big lesson for, for this type of stuff is the transitional stuff. I mean, the the ability to go from 10 burpees right back into a, to a fast rock or into a run, it is not easy. It doesn't matter how fit you are. Like going from burpees to running, it takes a good 15, 20 seconds for your body to know what's going on just to get the blood back in the right spots. So, yeah. Yep. yep. For exactly. sure. Exactly. Cool, man. Well, this stuff is making me want to right. go work out. It's really nice out. So, you know, might have to go do that Yeah, me soon. too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I was thinking, man, I got I to gotta get out there and train right now. I know. Um, so um, where yeah. are we at? We're Mar- March 20th. Yep. I'm probably just going yep. to see you. In, in Colorado, if you have anything that you want to get out to the world through this audience before I see you in Colorado, let me know. Um, okay. But we'll definitely do like a post show. And uh, I might hit you up if I have any questions anyway. But 
So far, this, okay. I think this is prepping people for for her first good event. At least it is me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited about it. I uh, I would. I'll tell you what. Our, my big push right now, Scott, is going to be this membership. This okay. new membership. Where yeah, tell me about it. We yeah. So the membership. <clears throat> the membership right now is. Uh, <clears throat> gosh, the ne- membership is fifty two weeks of workouts. Meaning, like if you get on, if you if a user goes on to train hunt right now. And uh, clicks on the train, uh, clicks on the membership. Um, what they're going to see is um, everything that comes with the, the membership. And I understand that most uh, that all of the information isn't laid out in front of you. It just has, um, as, in terms of like, what do these programs look like? What are you know? What kind of equipment do I need? But as far as like what it includes it's laid out right there in front of you, which is, um, I'll just run down the list of here of, of what it all entails. And that's 52 weeks of workouts. And those get to you. Um, because when you, once you get your membership, you're going to get a username and password, you log in and in the back end, it just has week one, week two, week three, all the way through to uh, week 26. And then you start over, uh, on week one, cause week one in, in, in this, uh, in these workouts is a baseline testing. So you do a baseline testing week and then you do 25 weeks of, of workouts and then you go back and do uh, baseline testing. It, it, I think it's a little bit long between baseline tests, but, um, but the, it still remains that you get, you're going to get a, a year's worth of training. Um, you get 15% off all, um, training on apparel at the, anything we sell in the store, you get 15% off. Um, we're doing a face, a Facebook members only train, uh, train hunt Facebook page, which means that I'm going to be doing a lot of live feeds on the members only page where, uh, you know, we're going to be covering things like nutrition and, and movement efficiencies and mobility and, and how to deal with limitations and how to deal with sore shoulders and sore hips and, uh, and then, you know, how to open up, how to open up, uh, you know, your joints a little bit more, how to prepare for train hunt challenges. Um, it's just going to, going to, you're really just going to kind of be on the inside, you know, just kind of like the insiders group, um, and where you'll be able to ask questions as, as we're doing these live feeds and, and really gather information that, you know, you wouldn't have access to if you weren't a member. So, um, you get, you also get access to all of our, what we call our one click programs and our one click programs right now are, uh, we have a, we have a kettlebell only program that is uh it's just six weeks but it's uh it's a program that you can do with just a kettlebell um we have a train to hunt challenge prep program which is something that anybody who is willing to you know wanting to get out there and do a a train hunt challenge that's a 10-week program we have a a strength training program um called the high altitude program it's a 12-week program i think it's one of our best programs that we offer um in in terms of like uh, you know, being able to gain strength without, um, risk of injury. And then we have a, a 14 week program called the no shape to mountain shape program. So these four programs, um, by themselves, we've been selling for, uh, $109 for these, uh, one click programs. You could buy them, just download them and then have them forever. Um, and in this membership the, you have access and you can download any of these programs, any and all of these programs. Nice. Um, yeah, it's great. And we're going to be adding to these programs. We're going to be, you know, we're going to just keep trickling down these programs, you know, a, a, a program that focuses mainly on mobility, a program that uh, focuses 
mainly on um, backpack cardio, um, those types of programs that you'll be able to access. We want to be able to guide our members from from program to program, depending on the time of year and, and you know where they are in their training in comparison to their up and coming event, you know, whether it be hunting season or the train hunt nationals or whatever that might be. Nice. Is, um, this a, is this membership new, or is this have you guys had this for a while? This is a brand new. This is a brand new membership. The membership that we uh, have been um, offering only had the fifty two weeks of uh, of workouts. That's what like if you were if you've been a member in the past um, in the past it's been you get fifty two weeks of workouts emailed to you um, and and that's that was the whole value in the membership um, and now we we've added all these things because I just really what I thought about Scott was hey I want people to train and I want them to train the way you know I, I want to take all the away all the excuses I want to give them all the workouts they you know, they, so they can kind of pick and choose what makes sense for them that day. Um, and I want them to be able to also follow a very uh, structured program if they want to, like, a Hey, I'm, you know what, my goal right now is to, is to gain strength, you know, because I'm, I'm far enough out from my hunting trip. Uh, I, I realized last hunting season that one of my weaknesses was strength. So I really want to focus on strength. What do you recommend? And I'll be like, Hey, you know, do the high altitude training, program do that 12-week program and then report back and tell me how much strength you've uh, you've gained and we can we can give you some direction from there whether it be you know move on to uh the the no shape to mountain shape program or or the kettlebell program or or one of these other programs nice so it yeah it's all new um we're also going to be doing members only giveaways you know occasionally maybe a quarterly uh, where they have, you know, as just by being a member, you'll have a chance to, you know, win these giveaways. And then we want, we have monthly, monthly challenges, um, for our members where we'll be posting these challenges in the members only Facebook page saying, okay, you know, here's the workout of the, here's the weird workout of the month. Um, you guys go, go nuts. All you have to do is post a time and, uh, you know, you'll be eligible for a drawing of some, of some prize. And then the other benefit of being a member is that, as a member, you're automatically part of our beta team, which means once anytime we develop a new program, we're going to blast it out to you, um, our current members, and let you um, let you test it and give us feedback um, about you know what you think about the program and uh, before we finalize it and launch it into the public. So there's there's just a, a lot of benefits um, to being a member and and all of this is 120 bucks for the year so it's a it's i think it's a really great value that was the whole point was to bring a ton of value i figured it out it's 32 cents a day so for 32 cents a day (laughs) you're gonna have access to all this stuff. math baby yeah yeah right 32 cents a day even if it just motivates you to do like five push-ups a day you're paying six cents per rep come on yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i love the bath i love well and here's the other thing is you know guys like you and charlie and tons of people they have access to workout groups they have kind of their loyalties to their their uh their fitness groups or their crossfit box or their whatever it might their trainers even but what you know for 120 dollars a year to have all these pro all these workouts right in your lap and available to you these are pro these are workouts that you can go through and you can use if you're on the road say you're on the road and you just go through there and hey i can do this one in my in my hotel tonight or it's just you can even it 
even using the the workouts as a supplemental, like, man, you know what? You and Charlie get together one day and you're like, hey, what are we going to do today? Instead of having to try and figure out, okay, what are we going to do today? You can just pull up one of the workouts and do that, yeah. you know? So no, it's, awesome. it's, a, it's a great way to go. Cool, man. So they just go to trainahunt.com and there's a membership yep. tab right there. I, saw, I, I That's right. checked it out. Sweet, yep. Tra- yep. Trade hunt. Go to membership tab. It'll tell you everything. It says become member. Get your username and password. You're in. Awesome, man. Well, cool. we, we might catch up before uh, before Train to Hunt in Colorado. We might not. We'll see what the schedule is. I know spring is crazy for for most yeah. people doing events. I'm sure it is for you, just the organization <laughs> piece. But, but yeah, it was a great chatting with you, Kenton. You guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any yeah. feedback, I did. shoot me a message, scottathleonfire.com. Thanks a lot. Awesome, Kenton. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. I learned a lot from Kenton. Um, man, this is going to be crazy. You know, I, I looked at the workout. It looks easier than some stuff I've been doing with Charlie. So I think I'm going to be able to handle the fitness. I don't know if how I'm going to handle it compared to other people, but I think I'm going to be able to handle it. The question is, am I going to be able to calm my nerves? I don't know. I'm going to go out there today, do some burpees, jump around a little bit, see if I can shoot in a straight line after that, and see what happens. I'll keep you guys posted. Thanks a lot.